Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katzimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzimatidis Cats at Night show. While we talk about trying to feed Americans and how they'll be able to do it, we also have to worry about what's going on across the world, specifically in Ukraine. One man who's trying to make a difference, Governor George Pataki. He was recently in Hungary. Now he's in South Carolina. Governor Pataki, how are you? I'm good, Lydia. How are you? Everything's going well. Uh, tell us, fill us in what's going on. We have in the studio with us John McLaughlin, and he says he saw you in Hungary. Uh, give us yeah, an update. That's right. Well, uh, we had a press conference with David Beasley. David Beasley is the head of the World Food Program, and it's a little-known agency, but it raises billions each year to feed people who are on the verge of starvation around the world. And last year, under Beasley's leadership, they got the Nobel Peace Prize for the efforts that he has made to feed people in starving communities. And we held the press conference because they're now focusing on trying to get as much aid to ship into Ukraine as possible. Uh, and, of course, that's what we've been doing with the Pataki Center. We were in Ukraine. We have people on the ground on the Ukrainian border right now. We're sending 30, 30 uh, metric tons of food again today into Ukraine. And tomorrow we're meeting, not me, but people from the Pataki Center are meeting with the, the provincial government in Ukraine to sign, hopefully sign an agreement where we'd have an NGO in Ukraine itself so we could bring product, bring food, bring medicine, bring clothing right to the refugees in Ukraine. So uh, this is just an important mission, and we're a small part of a lot of people trying to do important things. Well, and and, and tell us, what do you hear from your friends at the uh, Ukraine? Have you heard any updates at all? Uh, Not really. Just, uh, you know, there's still a an internal refugee crisis. You know, we read about the 3.8 million refugees who have fled Ukraine uh, and the help that they're getting and the difficulties they're having. But what we don't read about are they're now estimating as many as 10 million Ukrainian refugees are displaced inside Ukraine. They're not leaving Ukraine. They have no place to go. It's almost all women and children because their husbands are behind fighting uh, against the Russians. So, so, you know, you hear hopes from the peace talks. You just don't know. Putin is uh, not an, obviously not an honest guy. So what he says doesn't mean anything. What he does is what matters. And uh, you just hope that these peace talks are, in fact, real and that Russia understands that Ukraine is, has held strong and it's going to be independent uh, and they should stop uh, killing people and committing more war crimes. But that's still to be seen, John. Well, I understand you have to catch a plane, but I want to thank you for calling in uh, to the station and giving all New Yorkers an update of what's going on. And uh, God bless you, and have a great plane flight. Well, thank you, John. I just want to mention one other thing. 85% of the wheat and grain that goes to Egypt comes from Ukraine and Russia. And it's not just that people are not getting fed there. Unless there is some 
solution to this. Uh, there's going to be hunger throughout the world and massive tens of millions of refugees. So this is an important mission, and we're proud to be a small part of it. Thank you for having me on, John. Well, thank you, uh, Governor, and thank you for all the work you do for uh, all the American people and the world people. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. And now we have uh, Judge Joe Napolitano. He's on with us right now. Hi, Judge. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, Judge Weinberg in our studio, uh, uh, tell us uh, what we'd like to, to hear from Judge Napolitano Judge, how on are opinions. You? Uh, I'm very concerned about the case out of the United States District Court in California where the judge uh, offered an opinion that uh, former President Trump may be guilty of some sort of obstruction against congressional authority and, and process and ordered the turning over of documents based on the, the theory there's some sort of crime exception to attorney kind of privilege. I'd like your thoughts on that, sir. All right. So um, the, the January 6th committee, which is a select committee of the House, meaning it's not a standing committee, it's a committee that Mrs. Pelosi put together, and she put on that committee the people that she wanted on it. The two Republicans on it are anti-Trump Republicans, well-known to the public for those views. Subpoenaed the records of John Eastman. John Eastman is a well-known, well-respected constitutional scholar who was advising President Trump and I believe our friend Rudy Giuliani in the days and weeks and months between the election and January 6th. John Eastman sent uh, 111 uh, emails to various personnel in the White House and parts of the Trump team, and the January 6th committee subpoenaed those emails. Professor Eastman said, I'm not going to turn them over to you because uh, the president is my client and I'm the lawyer. We have the attorney-client privilege. So he sued the committee in Sacramento, California, which is where he works and lives, uh, and he asked a federal judge to quash the subpoena. The federal judge denied the request and said, I'm going to order you to turn over 101 of the 111 of these uh, emails because I find there is no attorney-client privilege because, as our judge just said, of the crime-fraud exception. What does that mean? That means that the judge, this federal judge, found that Professor Eastman and former President Trump were engaged in criminal activity, which is um, uh, discussed in these emails, and therefore there's no attorney-client privilege, and therefore the committee can get the emails. Now, this is exquisitely and profoundly unfair to former President Trump, because as every judge knows, if you're about to make a ruling against someone, particularly something as profound as it is more likely than not that he engaged in criminal activity. You put that person on notice, invite them into your courtroom, and invite their lawyers to give their version of events. So without hearing so much as a peep from Donald Trump or lawyers in his behalf, this federal judge found, in his opinion, that it was more likely than not that Donald Trump and Professor Eastman conspired to commit a federal crime. So that's where this stands now. Uh, he found 10 of the 111 emails were covered by the attorney-client privilege, but he ordered, ordered the 101 surrendered to the committee. I don't know if Professor Eastman is going to appeal, and I don't know if President Trump is going to join the case. But that's where it stands as of this moment. And it's very troubling because then they, if they're going to appeal, they have to go to the Ninth Circuit. And what does that mean? Don't, don't, don't look for any favors for Donald Trump in the Ninth Circuit. You're right, Your Honor. 
this this is a full circuit in the country. Reagan tried to change it. Trump tried to change it. It's so big and so populated with uh, liberal Democratic judges that uh, it would it would take a concerted effort of uh, eight years uh, to change it, but they haven't succeeded in doing so. Well, what else? we were going to talk about one more subject, uh, Judge. Well. I'm well, sorry. I wanted to express the uh, opinion uh, that uh, Joe Biden's uh, sanctions theoretically against uh, Putin are profoundly unconstitutional. The sanctions consist of seizing assets, freezing assets, and interfering with the free exercise of commercial activity. There are two federal statutes that authorize him to do this. The Magnitsky Act of 2016, an Obama-era statute, and the International Economic Emergency Act of 1977, a Carter-era statute. Both statutes are unconstitutional. Both statutes say if the president declares you to be a violator of human rights and you're a foreign person, not an American, the president can seize your property, freeze your property, and prevent you from engaging in economic intercourse without a trial, without any finding whatsoever. And if you want to challenge that, you have to come to the United States, submit to the jurisdiction of the United States, and prove that you are not a human rights violator. As this, those, uh... statutes, those statutes turn the Constitution on its head because the government must always prove its case. The defendant doesn't have to come in and prove that he's innocent, but that's what these statutes require. Have uh, either of these statutes ever been tested in litigation in federal court? Yes, the uh, the older one has been tested. The Supreme Court, by a vote of eight to one, found it constitutional because of the the people who challenged it didn't have the authority to challenge it. They weren't the foreigners; they were the Americans who suffered an, an ancillary effect. So, if I'm a liquor distributor in New Jersey and I paid uh, $10 million to my uh, supplier in, in St. Petersburg, Moscow, Russia, to send me vodka to Port Newark, and the government seizes, seizes it in Port Newark, and I want my $10 million back, I can't get it. The, the, the uh, liquor manufacturer in Russia has to come to, which he's never going to do, has to come to the United States and challenge the statute. So it was a standing so issue. Thing, yes. The whole thing is is uh, is a scheme to allow whoever the president is. It could be Donald Trump, it could be Ronald Reagan, but but to allow whoever the president is to seize foreign assets without due process. The problem is when you have a dictatorship like Putin runs, the people whose assets are being frozen, seized, and and seized, and whose economic activity is being interfered with have nothing whatsoever to do with the foreign policy of the country. So the people being hurt are not the people that are causing the war in Ukraine. Well, Judge Andrew Napolitano, uh, thank you so much for uh, filling in the American people. And and it's, it's horrible what's going on. It seems like there's t- two types of justice in America right now, and and there's got to be only one type of justice. And uh, God bless you for everything you do, and God bless America. Thank, thank you. you. Thank John, you, Judge. No matter what we talk about, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, let's take a break, and we're going to come back with uh, – Peter Navarro. And he's got some interesting things to talk about.